I'm Shivani Gupta. Namaste, everyone. Welcome to The Wealthy Podcast. I believe that one of the best presents that you can have in this life is to focus on your wellness, or as I like to call it, to become wealthy. Get inspired, challenged, and transformed. Welcome to The Wealthy Podcast. Today I have an extraordinary man who I got an opportunity to meet a couple of years ago. Nick Bloor is an entrepreneur. He's a dad. He's a husband. He is the founder of IVM uh, for the last seven years. He's also started up other businesses. And I got an opportunity to meet Nick through the EO, the Entrepreneurs' Organisation Brisbane chapter, which he's now been a member of for the last 10 years, including his presidency. He is passionate about many things, uh, particularly in the power of mentorship and mentors, and we'll get to find out a little bit more about Nick in a moment. Welcome, Nick. Thank you, Shivani. It's an honour to spend time with you and your listeners today. Oh, thank you for being here. Now, Nick, everybody talks about the journey and, you know, how you've got to doing what you've got to doing today. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, the major turns that you've had in your life. Um, There may be some really positive turns, there may be not so positive terms. Tell us a little bit about, you know, three to five or key things that have happened in your life that have arrived you in terms of who you are and what you're doing today. Thanks, Shivani. So, look, I've been blessed, uh, like, like many of us, to have really, uh, really influential uh, women in my life. And uh, certainly my mum my uh, was a very powerful influence in, in my life. She had a real spirit of an entrepreneur and unfortunately, her life was, was cut short in her 40s uh, when, when I was uh, just a teenager. And that was really impactful for me because she'd really influenced my life around uh, making a difference and contributing. So uh, the, the follow on from that was I dropped out of law school and I pursued an entrepreneurial path and uh, set up my first company when I was 19. And so that was certainly a, a major turning point in, in my life. And uh, I've been very blessed then to have other uh, very influential and powerful uh, women in my life since that time. Uh, my wife, Tracy, who I also met as a, as a teenager, uh, my co-founder in the IBM group, Tara, uh, but I think, you know, when I, when I look back, you know, and, and in the introduction, you talked about mentors, you know, I've been really, really blessed to have really influential people who just seem to come in and touch my life in, in a really impactful way at, at, you know, at critical times. That's, um, that's amazing. And also that power of when something so tragic happens, like losing your mum at an early age, Nick, um, and I guess the you know, the paths that it forged for you um, and, and what you ended up doing. Nick, I find that, you know, everybody deals with challenges different ways. Some people have the defined process, they go, right, when a challenge comes my way, I'm going to do X and then I'm going to do Y and then I'm going to do Z. Uh, other people, you know, go inwards. Um, people have a different way of dealing with challenges and sometimes they can be around our staff or obviously personal issues or and certainly business issues. Do you have a methodology or a process or um, I guess a way of thinking that you go about dealing with challenges in terms of what you do? So if I think about a current challenge that of course we've, we've all, all been dealing with is uh, the current uh, pandemic 
and the, the challenge of uh, coronavirus. And I, I think about um, my wife and I uh, came back into Australia for we've been overseas. And uh, so we returned uh, towards the end of March, just before the international borders were closed. And, you know, obviously, you know, for all of us, our worlds have been turned upside down uh, for uh, for us in our company, we do a lot of work in the aviation sector. So there was a real and, and current challenge uh, for us, you know, within our business, uh, we're dealing with that change. Uh, but then for, you know, for me personally, it was, you know, how am I going to think about this period and uh, not just surviving through it, but, but thriving through it. So, you know, Looking back, it, it might seem a bit counterintuitive, but uh, one of the first things I did when when uh, when I arrived back in Australia was phoned one of my mentors, who uh, had been a president of a private university here in Australia, and he had stewarded the university through a very tumultuous period, and ultimately led led it onto a successful future and. Uh, you know, and I rung him and, and uh, just talked about how I was going to uh, think about, you know, thriving through this period. You know, and he, he said something really impactful to me. And he said, what is the story I want to be able to tell when this is over about the way that I dealt with the challenge, both personally, but also how we dealt with that as an organisation? And just that very simple but powerful question that he posed to me um, was uh, was very impactful because you know when I went then into my company, we talked about you know how can we uh, make a positive difference you know to our clients and and what's the story we want to be able to tell about the way that we stewarded. Um, you know, our clients through this period. And that led us to make uh, some really impactful decisions around suspending our fees, uh, around focusing on how we could help them and how we could make a, a positive difference. But then in my own life, you know, it was about asking myself, you know, what, what could I do? Um, how do I want to be able to stand up for others um, through this period? So, you know, it's, and it's been a common thread for me that, you know, I think, you know, um, three of the most powerful words that we can use is, you know, um, is uh, how can I help, you know, and, um, um, you know, and I think about, I think about that, you know, on the other side, when I've been, when people reach out to me to help them as, as a, as a mentor, you know, and, and so, um, I, I think, you know, if I look back at that sort of as a current challenge, um, you know, I'm very proud of the way that, you know, we, we've stood up as an organisation and then how, you know, I've really doubled down on a number of my, uh, my daily success habits and my rituals uh, to help um, hopefully set me up for a, for a decade of, of greatness. So that, you know, those, those three words, um, please help me, you know, I think, um, you know, um, was, was very impactful. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love the fact that you said it was about the story that we would tell and almost simplifying or distilling it into three really simple words. Nick, I know in your introduction, we spoke about 
for me to be a supporter of mentors. Um, you and I have spent a little bit of time together through the EO Brisbane chapter on mentorship. T tell me a little bit more about, you know, why do you spend so much time creating programs around mentoring uh, and, and being that conduit so that different people can get mentors? Uh, it sounds like it's obviously had a very big impact on your life. Tell us a little bit about your mentors currently uh, or perhaps in the past, but also, you know, why do you have this deep yearning to create this more mentoring around? Yes, yeah, so Shivani, the, uh, the journey for me in the, you know, with, uh, in the Entrepreneurs' Organisation, which led me to be involved in the mentorship program, uh, started with, you know, a, a chance encounter with uh, one of the, founders of the entrepreneurs organization Vern Harnish and uh, you know when I think about you know my passion around around mentoring um, I had a chat with Vern um, over lunch and at a at a seminar he was holding in Brisbane and you know I remember you know he was just talking to me about you know my experience and you know some of the challenges that I was currently uh, experiencing and he just put his hand on my shoulder and he said, uh, have you heard about the Entrepreneurs Organization? And I had in a broad sense, but I hadn't considered joining. And, uh, you know, and Vern said to me, look, I think that that, uh, you know, in my experience is something that will, you know, you may find helpful. And uh, so I did. I, I joined EO and, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's the world's leading peer-to-peer uh, -peer network for entrepreneurs, you know, with you know, over 14,000 members now. But what I didn't know at the time was that what had led Vern and his co-founder, Michael Dell, and a small group of others to establish the Entrepreneurs' Organization was actually they, uh, they had a group that got together on a regular basis uh, in, the, in the US and, um, and one of their fellow entrepreneurs um, had, um, that they didn't realise uh, the deep challenge that he was going through at the time, uh, took his own life. And so Vern and, and Michael said, well, you know, that's unacceptable that we can have one of our fellow entrepreneurs that's, you know, travelling the journey with us. And he obviously didn't feel sufficiently supported, you know, that he went then and, and felt that the only path was to, was to end his life. And so that was you know, the catalyst and the inspiration for, you know, for Vern and, and Michael and others to, to establish EO. And I think about you know, that simple act that Vern, you know, um, that Vern gifted me of uh, you know, pointing me towards EO and uh, you know, then a decade for me of life-changing transformation and you know, amazing people, you know, yourself included, and what, it, what an impact that's had on, had on me and, you know, um, so it gave me a real sense of being able to focus my efforts around, you know, EO's got a wonderful uh, mentorship program, which is, you know, a formal program. And I've been very fortunate to then uh, travel the world helping establish mentorship programs for chapters. But in my own life, you know, my, my two sons, uh, Josh and Sam, you know, my wife Tracy and I actively encourage them to, uh, to reach out and seek the help of others you know, and, and those words, you know, please help me, uh, you know, so very, very powerful. So I think, um, 
for me, you know, there, there's two types of knowledge. You know, one is um, is we have that that remembered knowledge for, you know, a challenge or an experience or some uh, stage that they've gone through in their life, and the wisdom and the learnings collected from it. And then there's current knowledge, which the mentee has. You know, they've got um, we've got that current challenge in our life or the aspiration or goal or what have you. And what's really you know, life-changing is bringing together the remembered knowledge and the current knowledge. And I think that that's where the power of mentorship um, you know, really, really can be so transformational. Uh, around the planet. Yeah, that's beautiful. I remember reading this great saying that said, mentorship is like a chemical reaction where both people are transformed. And um, I just think that uh, that was so true that you can't, you know, one be affected, it's always both. Um, Nick, let's change gears for a second. Let's talk about future aspirations. You know, you've been through a lot of changes you spoke about through um, the coronavirus and uh, I guess pivoted in different ways and some things have stunned. Tell us a little bit about what are your future things? What are some of the other things you want to learn or do? Um, you know, what do you see yourself doing over the next five, ten? Yeah, so Shivani, I've got an interesting uh, way of thinking about the future and uh... And so I have a, a, a 101 year life plan and, uh, and I've had that written down for a, for a number of years now and uh, I work on that and, and evolve that. So, you know, the, uh, one of the keys, uh, key points um, or key objectives in my, in my life plan is that, uh, is that Tracy and I are still married in love and uh, best friends after 75 years of marriage. And, you know, if, if I can accomplish that one thing. And, of course, part of that is uh, can certainly outside of my control that, that you know, if I'm, if I'm fortunate enough to, uh, to have the health to last 201, that, uh, that it'll certainly be, uh, be something that, you know, if I can do that one thing, I'll have, I'll have uh, you know, certainly achieved my life's mission. Um, but outside of that, uh, Tracy and I are very passionate about our, our family foundation. And, and, you know, through that, uh, making a difference. And, uh, you know, we have a particular focus around helping educate disadvantaged children. That um, as well, I would love for, uh, for our two sons, uh, Josh and Sam, to be involved in our, you know, both our family foundation, but also our family enterprise. So. Um, and uh, Josh is, uh, has just uh, finished medicine and Sam's just finished law. So they obviously have their, uh, their paths and their careers that they're forging. But, you know, I've, one of my personal passions is around the, the power of the family enterprise and the family, uh, the family unit to transform lives. So hoping that uh, that, that, can, that can evolve um, and and be a be a force for uh, for our family for uh, for our legacy, um, but also you know my my life purpose is around uh, leading a life of of meaning and impact, and so I've been very fortunate to be involved in the establishment of the Botanic Gardens uh, on the Gold Coast um, in Australia. Here, the the Gold Coast was the only city in Australia without a botanic gardens. So uh, for 10 years, I was the uh, founding chairman of that um, 
to us to help establish the uh, the botanic gardens and that's a wonderful legacy project and then more recently i've been involved with my great friend dan Dapani to help bring his uh, vision for a spiritual sanctuary in costa rica to life so uh, so helping uh, bring that spiritual botanic gardens uh, to, to life has uh, has been uh, been a great privilege uh, of mine. So looking forward, uh, uh, we have a 300 year vision for that project for Siva Ashram, uh, you know, which will certainly pass my 101 year life plan. So hoping to leave some footprints in the sand there, Shivani, for, for the future. Uh, because I believe plants are the givers of life. Um, without plants, you know, there is there is no life. So, being able to make a small contribution and, um, with uh, with those projects and, and others. Yes, that's incredible, Nick. I'm. Uh, I remember you sharing some of this with me when we did a walk a few weeks ago, and um, that's pretty inspiring. I love the way that you said, you know, plants are the giver of life. So to be able to give plants into the world is a is a great thing. Um, I know, Nick, you're a runner. Um, I'm just wondering, what are some of the things that you do for your wellness? Do you have certain rituals? Is running part of that or not part of that? And uh, I guess, how do you stay, you know, wealthy from a wellness perspective? So, yes, I am a, I'm a runner, Shivani, and uh, one of my, it's interesting, I've been running for a number of years now, but uh, I have some some friends who are, are wonderful runners. One, uh, Lucy Clark, uh, just ran the length of uh, New Zealand from uh, the top of the North Island to the bottom of the South Island and broke the, uh, broke the record for, for running that. Uh, so it was funny because, um, and uh, another one of my, my great friends, uh, Zara Durrani, um, Zara's a, a great runner and I'm fortunate that we get to run together regularly, but I never considered myself a, a runner as such in, in sort of esteemed company like that. So uh, this year I set my goal to run a thousand kilometres as, uh, as, as my goal. And uh, I, with a couple of weeks to go now of the year, uh, I've still have uh, I've, uh, 60 kilometres to go and I'll, I'll be there. So I think, um, and for me, that's a bit of a milestone that I've, I'm happy to call myself a runner once I, I pass that uh, humble humble milestone and uh, I'll get a few more marathons under my belt in, in the years to come. But outside of, outside of uh, running, uh, if you ask my family, they'll tell you I'm, I'm quite uh, routine focused, success routine. So in the mornings, uh, I have uh, my hour of power uh, realize that might seem a, sound a little um, a little trite, but that's a really important time for me. Uh, I get up early uh, most most days, and so I have a routine that I that uh, I learnt from one of my mentors in EO, uh, Warren Rustand, and uh, he was the uh, former uh, former secretary for President Gerald Ford in the U.S. And uh, Warren taught me a, a process that he developed called 10, 10, 10. And so that's about 30 minutes first thing in the morning. Um, and so the first 10 minutes is around uh, reflecting on my reason for being, you know, my why for today. And so I actually write down why am I alive today? And then uh, what are the three things that I'm grateful for? And that's the, the first uh, the first 10 minutes. Uh, 
And then the next 10 minutes is about uh, reading something inspiring. And uh, uh, so I know our, our, our listeners can't see this, but uh, I'll hold it up for you, Shivani, the little book I'm reading at the, at the moment, which is simply called A Manual for Living and uh, a little book of wisdom and uh, Warren gifted that to me. And uh, so uh, that's around um, the teachings of a, one of the Stoic philosophers. And so I read, I'm reading some of that uh, each day just for 10 minutes and then 10 minutes of journaling. And so that, that 30 minutes uh, is, is really critical for setting me up for the, uh, for the day. And then I also do uh, 30 minutes then of, of meditation, of guided meditation. So that's my, uh, my hour of power routine. And then uh, most mornings, then I also run in the morning as well. Uh, I find that um, the mornings are when I'm, I'm clearest. Uh, running helps, helps focus me. And uh, I generally listen to either a podcast, uh, either one of yours, or Tim Ferriss, uh, or another inspirational podcast, or else I'll, I'll take the opportunity to listen to an audio book on one of my runs as well. I'm pretty humble that you said my podcast and then put me into Tim Ferriss's category. Thank you. That is uh, that is an enormous um, an enormous thumbs up there, um, Nick. I know the work that you're doing with uh, Dandapani and some of the other work that you're doing. How do we find out more about you and some of the work that you're doing around that? Will you just share with the listeners what are a couple of places that they could find you and also some of the incredible work that you're doing around this spiritual centre in Costa Rica? Yeah, so I'm, I'm obviously very passionate about uh, the work that Dandapani and I are doing with, uh, with Dandapani's wife, Tatiana, um, as, as part of helping uh, bring Siva Ashram to, to life. So any of your listeners, if they go to uh, sivaashram.org so that's s-i-v-a-a-s-h-r-a-m.org uh, or else they can find more out about uh, Dandapani at uh, dandapani.org so d-a-n-d-i-p-a-n-i.org um, either of those sites will will take you to Siva Ashram and so that's uh, a 16 acre, six hectare uh, property in, in Costa Rica on the banks of the river there in Nusara. And uh, one of, one of uh, a very important part of Dandapani's 300 year vision uh, for Siva Ashram is the uh, path to transformation. And that's about weaving in uh, Hindu teaching uh, with, uh, with nature and so a spiritual botanic garden. And so that's, uh, uh, that's where I suppose that I've been of, uh, of most help, you know, having my career in plants and plant science. But I'm also very passionate about, uh, about Dandapani's vision of, around transforming lives. And I was very fortunate to be able to, for Tracy and I, to, uh, to be able to spend time with, with Dandapani and Tatiana in, in Costa Rica. And, and uh, Tracy spent time with them in, in uh, India as well. Uh, but, a, but a wonderful vision around uh, uh, transformation and that combining uh, nature and uh, the spiritual journey. 
so that's that's been a real uh, a real passion project uh, for me, and uh, we've we've just recently uh, established a, a not for profit foundation as well as part of the Seaver Ashram to be able to accept tax deductible donations to uh, uh, to help further further the purposes of Seaver Ashram. And outside of that, Shivani, uh, as far as people connecting uh, with me. Uh, they can simply uh, simply email me. Um, always happy to uh, to chat over email and and uh, jump on a call as well. So uh, they can find me really simply by emailing nick n i c k at blore family so b l o o r family dot com, um, and they can also look me up on LinkedIn as as well. That's fantastic, Nick. I um, always inspired speaking to you and um, grateful for some of the wisdom that you've shared today. Thank you for being on here today. Uh, you were very welcome, Shivani. It's been a real honour, as I said. Uh, namaste. Namaste to you. I'm Shivani Gupta, and you've been listening to The Wealthy Podcast. Thank you for listening. Follow Wealthy on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. And if you haven't yet, go to the Opera Podcast and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Namaste.